0: Surprise drama listeners, happy Friday! I know, two for the price of one, which is free. Anyway, welcome to a bonus episode, which we are thrilled to bring you with Kathleen Montleone, who is the writer and star of a new feature film, and also was on your favorite reality competition, Greece. you're the one that I want. Thank you, thank you for listening, for finding us, for tuning in twice this week. You know, if you love hearing from us twice in one week, then, (laughs) whoa, have I got a treat for you. We usually do release two episodes a week on our Patreon, patreon.com backslash the drama podcast, where for $5 a month, you can subscribe and get extra episodes where Dylan and I talk about all things theater, pop culture, love, and life, and we go absolutely off. We also, for that $5, give you access to our close friends on Instagram, and it's juicy. I mean, I'm telling you, it's close friends content. I will leave it at that because you're going to want to subscribe to hear about it. Anyway, thank you for listening. Please subscribe, give us reviews, write fabulous things about us, and enjoy this episode and all the episodes that we have with your favorite stars of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. All right, on to the show. Happy Friday. Press play. Curtain up an hour in. It's time to take in The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got nominated? They option no. Oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk, we talk to today? today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. 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 Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love and life i'm connor mcdowell and i am dylan mcdowell connor this is so exciting we have a very special episode today i know and i'm in such a good mood like not that i'm not usually but i'm like really i'm feeling great vibes so i can't well, wait it to can dive be hard in. it can be hard to balance it all you know like work dating life podcasting it's like a second job you know both of those are actually like part-time jobs. Dating and podcasting take up the same amount of time and one's like I'm just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> I know. And it feels like, you know, spring, things are weather is getting better, things just yes. feel I'm loving it. And I'm excited that we're bringing this episode to our listeners today I know. because there is this this fabulous new film that we're going to get all into. We love talking about movies on here. Cuz you know, we we, really we named it Drama because it's like based in theater and the arts, but we talk about everything. We, we're not pigeonholed into one thing. Like Lisa Renna says, we mention it all. Oh, so, wow. you know, I think we should dive in. I think we, we should, should dive in. I'm going to go ahead and bring in our guest today, who is a writer, producer, and star of the new feature film, American Reject, which is released starting April 12th. So it might be out at the time of this release. The film won both Best of Fest at the Adirondack Film Festival and the Audience Award for Narrative Feature at Bend Film Festival in 2020. In addition, the film screened the New Orleans Film Festival and the Las Vegas International Film and Screenwriting Festival in November of that same year, where the Las Vegas jury awarded our guest today as Best Actress, Work Act, are you? You might recognize her from when she competed for the role of Sandy on NBC's Grease, You're the One That I Want. And soon after, she appeared on stage as the one and only Elle Woods in the national tour of Legally Blonde in Tales of the City, the musical, And made her Broadway debut, originating the role of Heather Stovall in Hands on a Hard Body. She's also a mother of four, including twins. You know we love twins on drama. She can do it all. Please welcome to drama, Kathleen Kathleen Monteleone. Monteleone.
1: Well, that was really great. You should walk into every room before I do and say that. That'd make me feel great every day. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's so nice to meet you, Kathleen. Me too, too. Kathleen, how are you doing? Are you well?
1: I am well. I'm uh, sleep deprived, a, but really happy. It's like working on a farm where you just like, you're really happy at 5 a.m. to see the chickens, but you also like, can't keep your eyes open. That's <laughs> where I'm at. The
0: chickens being your children.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just-
0: okay. Very good. Very
1: uh, good. Uh, <laughs> <gaggle> <laughs> <at chickens>.
0: How <laughs> old are your kiddos?
1: Well, I have a five year old, a two and a half year old, and three month old twins.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes,
1: which was. Is amazing and also was the shock of my life. So,
0: yeah, so yeah, because our, our mother was shocked as well when the whole <laughs> really? thing went down. Yeah. How long into the pregnancy did you find out that you had twins inside of you?
1: Well, you do this normal thing where you know, you, you like, especially I was on my third pregnancy. So, you know, I have this thing every time I think I'm pregnant, I hate like my interior decor of my house and not, I know I'm pregnant. It's the weirdest thing. I'll be like, oh, I'm so mad. I hate how the, you know, the couch has, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. And so I then went to the doc, took the pregnancy test, like, oh my gosh. And my husband and I were going to try for a third, which Already was like, wow, who do we think we are trying to have three children? And so I went in by myself just like to check with my OB, like, hey, we just double check I'm pregnant. Wow, this is neato. And she just in the ultrasound, I was probably like eight weeks pregnant. She was like, oh, there's two. <laughs> and it was like the wind got knocked out of me.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: So, um, I've got two babies, which is is awesome and real. So that. did
0: you know the sex immediately? Did you want to know right away? No, for
1: like four months, I thought I was having two boys. Okay. And then then uh, on a certain ultrasound where they really measure everything, I'm in New Orleans now, so everyone has a Southern accent, and the tech was like... Um, Y'all, you know, like this to me is like, uh, what when she say like a, a textbook, textbook vagina, like, and we were like, wait, 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 whoa, whoa. And, um, and then she showed us the other child like, oh yeah, that is, that is different. I think you to be having a girl and a boy. So oh. anyway, about four or five months, I knew I was having a boy and a girl, which is pretty great because I have now three boys and a girl.
0: Oh, um, that's hi. awesome. That's what a great surprise to you, especially if you thought it was going to be two boys.
1: I know it was really. Oh, everyone's like, "You got your girl," and I was like, "I never really thought of it that way." And so you saw all these cute boys, but...
0: People love to say that. To I know, you They say, you finally got your little girl. They always say that.
1: I know. And I should talk to your mom about what people say about twin things because they'll be like, does it run in your family? And you're like, no, I have been have the same like script that I go through. It's really not
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well. People, You know it all. People say to our mom, where'd they get their red hair? And she says, I have no idea.
1: Oh, she's not redheaded? No, no one is. Our dad
0: usually chimes in and says, well, the mailman was redheaded at the time. So. <laughs> (laughs) So, you guys have
1: heard that 400 million times throughout your life. Oh, yes. Oh, yes.
0: Yep. I got it. Whenever we run into young twins, we love to say dramatic things to them because, you know, we're wise, grown twins. We We always love love to say, like, always stick together. We always say that. Mm
1: -hmm. You Mm -hmm. do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's a really special relationship.
1: Tell me a little something about that. Like, I'm not, to me, it's like I don't realize there's like a connection yet. They just seem like two babies. Oh, like, yeah. Uh, give me some other fun twin stuff.
0: Well, we were told that when we were really little, we had, like, our own language, which I'm sure you've seen that on YouTube, like, twins talking in, like, yeah. gibberish to each yeah. other. Yeah. yeah. We would just communicate. We still do. I mean, we have our own weird... It, it's not, It's not, like, made-up words, but we can, like, look, give each other a look or say certain expressions, and we can fully understand what the other means. Yeah. I'll know if... I, you know, we have such a strong bond that it's not that mm-hmm. I can read his mind or or, but there is certainly something to like. I haven't heard from him for a while, and I'm feeling something must be off. And I'll text him, and I'll be like, "Something's wrong." And I'll be like, and "How do you will know?" Be like, <laughs> so it's it's a really unique. I mean, literally from the womb, you mm-hmm. know, we're we're so connected from birth that I think that there really is like that twin bond that yeah. is so. It's kind of like having a, like a best friend you grew up with your entire life, but just with some, some genetic similarities. (laughs) So we speak in a shorthand very much. And so even still now, like my Mm -hmm. boyfriend will say, Dylan, you made no sense in what you just said, but- I think Connor would know what you just said because you're not finishing your sentences, but it's like a shorthand of I don't know. It's weird. It's very weird, but yeah, just always make them stick together. Feel free to let them dress in similar patterns and clothes. It's very cute and fun, really? and, and they'll love they'll so love the like pictures. That. They'll love the pictures one day.
1: Okay, um, I've always wondered that, and this, I've also heard with twins that you're not supposed to say which one's older and which one. Like, is that a thing? Like you
0: I mean we I've been asked that question more than anything else in my life. Mm. It's hilarious. You know, I don't mind it cuz like yeah. you know, at first when I was cause I'm, you know, famously 1 minute younger than Dylan, so growing up I was always like the baby, but now in my 20s it feels like I'm so young and youthful and you know, very good, very good. <laughs>
1: How life works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're in your 20s, like wanting to be old, and then you hit a certain age, you're like, oh gosh, why was I right. in my 20s? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you were a teenager when you kind of shot to fame, right? Were you, or no, you're fresh out of college, right?
1: I was fresh out of college, probably with the uh, maturity of a teenager. Uh-huh. But yeah, I was just right out of school. So oh we obviously
0: need to talk about American Reject, which Connor and I are obsessed with. Everyone needs to watch it. We'll get into the nitty gritty. But first, we need to get the elephant out of the room. In the room? Out of the way? Out of the room? There's an elephant. Oh, I'm nervous. There's an elephant, and its name is Sandy. And you were on the iconic NBC series, Grease, You're the One That I Want. And as, like, I mean, I don't want to, like, make you feel like we're, like, Young, 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 but I want you to tell me I'm young. But we were at a very impressionable age when it came out because we were really <laughs> discovering our love for theater. We had just done our first couple shows. We were gonna be in Greece at yes. our at our middle school. We middle school, Kathleen. Oh my god, that's really crazy that we were in Greece as I middle school. You're gonna
1: say like you were in a bath at six years? No, <laughs> no, no, no.
0: We were tw- I think we were twelve or thirteen. So. Twelve or thirteen. So it was like the perfect time that oh my god, there's this reality show where they're casting broadway leads like what there has not been anything like it since so
1: right right wait so where are you from again we're from ohio right.
0: actually we're from ohio. so we, we knew we were kind of rooting for ashley spencer our ohio yes, girl. Yes, um but course. we're from cleveland and then now i live in columbus and connor's in new york so
1: Got it. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, clearly this the whole reality show experience is a huge marker for me and you know my life and everything. But honestly, I was right out of college and I went to the Equity chorus call oh. of this new Broadway show, Grease, and I sang you know sixteen bars of like Blue Moon or something. Perfect and, like, really choice. Yeah. And then um, and Kathleen Marshall was in the room, and that was like a big like you know what? She's in the room with the equity you know, course called the E C C you know all the things. And then I didn't hear anything. And then like a month later I got a call from this British gal like from the BBC, and she's like, you know, we just we're doing this reality show, and blah blah blah. blah. And would you come? We're you know having these uh, you know auditions, and we'll let you go like a little bit further. Like you won't have to go to the very first audition because you already did the Equity course call. I'm like, oh okay. And of course, I knew I like was not a Sandy. I was like, maybe I'm more like a Marty. Uh-huh. And, you know, all the things. Like okay. And so then they held this like you know kind of American idol-esque audition at the Palace Theater. And um, had the number on the chest and we had to like sing from the bridge like 400 times, and then act out with some random guy how sandy we were. And then I made it to like the Greece Academy and then all of a sudden I was like one of the six contestants or now seven, but who made this reality show? So no, it was for a 23, like think about it, you're right out of school, you're doing musical theater. I mean I just was like, oh my god, I'm famous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All and then you're like, oh wait, no, that's not really how it happens. But but no, it was amazing. It was really amazing. And then it was really, really hard. And then now I get to come full circle and be like, that was really amazing. Right. You know?
0: So yes, I'm trying to remember. You you made it, were you like in the final three or four? I was in the final four. Final four okay. just like Kay. Yeah. Just
1: like
0: kids. <laughs> I'm seeing this now. <laughs> yes. So what? What was that like? Like, did how long did the show air? Gre- the Grease show.
1: It was a good. Ugh, you know, I think. Okay, so it started airing in January and it went all the way to April. Yeah. Wow. It was a good chunk of time, but we filmed from December because I remember going home for Christmas break and I couldn't say a thing, ah. even though my whole family knew and we all sat around weirdly, like. but I you know, was supposed to not say anything because I signed a contract. But yeah, so I think it was a good like four months-ish. Okay. Yeah. Oh and it was
0: live every week, right? I'm trying to remember the... Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was live every Sunday. America voted. And this was, you know, pre-social media, which is the weirdest thing. This was 15 years ago, which is crazy. So there was there we didn't have like, you know, Facebook vote for me. Mm-hmm. We didn't have, you know, story, anything. So I had like little cards printed out that everyone in my town had that said, vote for Kathleen Sunday nights on NBC. We had t-shirts. Like it was just like old school, come around and vote for your person. You might guys might have remembered that from when you were, you
0: know. I, I do. Yeah. And I, cause I remember American <laughs> Idol was obviously popular at the time.
1: We actually shared dressing rooms with them. We were in the same CBS... You know, what do you call it? The lot, the, lot or whatever,
0: or the studio? The lot, or, yeah.
1: yeah. And so their dressing rooms were like on this side of the hallway, and ours were here. And it was the uh, Jordan Sparks, Blake, I mean, it was like oh, a beetle. Oh,
0: yes. Thing. I remember Blake, yeah. yeah.
1: Just like, hey, hi. We'd like come out in our poodle skirts and be like, hey, guys. How <laughs> are you guys doing? Like, thinking we're cool, wearing colored skirts.
0: Yes. Skirt. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and what was your moniker again? Spiritual. Did you guys get to pick those? No. <laughs> no, of course not. No. Of course not. We-
1: or colors, oh, we had this. Um, right. So it was a BBC show in the UK, and they felt that, and so they already had kind of like the the way they did the show, you know. So every Sandy and Danny had a color, and they just felt like audiences really, you know, you went to that, and they would go, oh, I don't remember the guy's name, but Green Danny uh-huh. or whatever it was. So I was Peach which really was just like orange every week, but okay, I'll take it. And, um, and then I was spiritual Sandy because before we got on the show, they interviewed the heck out of us about our life and what we did. And um, I think Ashley Spencer was ballerina Sandy. And then we had like rocker girls, Sandy. And at the time I was um, in the band at church. Oh. And so I was spiritual Sandy, which, you know,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <it would> hurt. <laughs> I'm sure you really struck a chord with like certain like regions of this of the United States too, you know, like it probably didn't hurt.
1: You know what's so funny? You you'd think that, but then my very so the thing we did get to choose is on the first episode we got to choose what song we okay. would sing. From then on, they chose, you know, for us because I think they had a catalogue they had to choose from. I sang, Suddenly I see mm-hmm. Katie Tunstall, and you know, why the hell it means so much to me. The word hell, just like, the nation was done with spiritual oh. Sandy. Like, this is not our girl. But, you know, I love the song, and it was fine. Oh, it's so. such a
0: good song. Oh, my God. That was, like, yeah. a hit
1: in We're that right. time,
0: too. I had, like, a real question to ask you. Did you, I mean, it's been 15 years. In the time, you're 23, you're on TV. Did you think to yourself, I'm going to win?
1: Oh, absolutely. I love Are to
0: hear kidding? that.
1: You know, I've been actually thinking about that for a long time, like mean, throughout this whole time, all of us did. Yeah. But I don't, it's a mix of, well, first of all, it's a mix of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe out of all the people that auditioned, I'm in this show. So you're just kind of like, wait, what? Then you're in a total bubble of like, I'm, I always thought, was I not, didn't I realize like, didn't I have perspective? Like this is a show or a cast, like no, I didn't. I had no perspective. This is why I, like. I was so immature. I like was straight out of school thinking like, this is how it happens. Like you just get a thing and overnight you're this big thing. And no, it, like I had really had no perspective on my career or the greater picture. And so I think also that if the, I don't know if it was fed into us or like, it was just our own imagination, but it was really like, if you won this show, your life changed forever. They even brought us into a room and, you know, just made sure that we didn't have our phone number on the internet. You know, I mean, this is again, before everything. Yeah. This, you, your life, like you will now be famous. They, I think in the American Idol world, that was true. And I think maybe to an extent for like Max and Laura who won, that was Mm -hmm. true. But yeah, no, I really, really thought I would win. So when I didn't, I mean, I just, I mourned that for so long. Like, to, And I remember even my friends from the cast, we would see each other at Broadway things and, and people would be like, guys, you got on a show. That's so cool. Like, it's mm-hmm. so neat. And you'd be like, "Oh wait, you know, but you know, <laughs> all the things. Yeah. And then we thought I was going to win. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they make you,
0: in, in a sort of humiliating way, but I will say it was probably my favorite part of each episode was you got to sing Sandra D. Reprise at the end of like when you were eliminated, right?
1: Yeah. I have to say that's probably my favorite performance of, yeah. of my time on the show because I was crying and, you know, just really finally releasing the whole oh, thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know mean, they had these little funny things. and The show, I mean, the show was great. Now, later, I'm like, oh, it was a variety show. It was every Sunday and I was part of this cast and mm-hmm. it was great exposure. And I have all the perspective now, but when you're in it and you're young and you're like ready to, you know, become a Broadway star overnight, it's everything.
0: Yeah. And was your dream yeah. to always be a Broadway star? I guess this this could be a good moment for me to ask you. The question we ask all of our guests, we wonder about the moment you realized that you loved the performing arts, whether it means being interested in it or just you know wanting to enjoy it or even participating in it. And we call it the ring of keys moment because sometimes it is a moment when you're like, true recognition, this is what I want. Did you feel like you had that moment?
1: Well, okay, so I have been thinking about this answer knowing that you're gonna ask me this question. <laughs> And I have been racking my brain of like the moment or the thing. And I just have to say from as early as I can remember, I have just always wanted to be a Broadway star. Like, I don't know if it was the life, like the old, like, Shirley Temple, Ethel Berman lifestyle, uh-huh. of having a cigarette at the stage door. Like I, it, it, something about that world just like took me over when I was, before I can even remember. I mean, I, mean, I remember being in my room and singing out Miss Saigon. Yes. <laughs> you know, I was like singing, you know, the parts i never play. <laughs> and I just but like, live it so much or crazy for you. And I, yeah, broad, it was New York and Broadway. And I never had any other thought that that was, I just, that was what I was going to do. So it's so funny to me that actually this whole experience of Greece becoming like a, having a Broadway position, like has turned into a film. There's a whole story in that, but you know, I actually, so 15 years later, the film's done. And it took me a long time to make the film. And I was actually on a run and I was thinking back about how, like what we're talking about now, like the perspective of like, wow, I wanted, I thought I was going to win and that if I did win that my whole career would be launched and I would never have to like lift a finger again and all these things that we think. And then it like came in my mind, like a movie trailer. And I just saw that, oh my gosh, I mean, this might be a no-duh moment, but the mo- I had to do the show to get rejected all to have the movie. Mm. And the whole thing was for the movie, which has completely opened a whole new thing for me as just an artist and, and, and uh, in my career and what I want to do, it's made me happier, like I just kind of saw the whole full circle. I was just so grateful, honestly, in the moment. And I'm so grateful to have lost the show, be a loser, had all the ups and downs. Like, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's really, really crazy, but you know, it took a long time to get there for sure.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so special. I love that you've always had that fire inside of you. And we need to just talk about the film because it is, it is absolutely amazing and heartwarming and surprising at times. I, I wasn't really sure what to expect, but the trailer was fantastic. And going into it, you see a lot of familiar faces if you're a Broadway person. And Connor and I consume so much content, like, you know, film and TV. Mm -hmm. Things rarely surprise me now, but I will say the ending really did surprise me. And I don't want to give this away for anybody who who has yet to see it, but I was like, well, what is going to happen here? You know, what is going to, and and it did not play out at all like I thought it would, but it is so amazing so congratulations to you thank it was, you. it's really terrific
1: i appreciate that it's really thank you very much
0: yeah <laughs> so you wrote this and mm-hmm. how much of the script has changed from the conception to what ultimately we see
1: oh so a lot okay so when at, so at first i just started writing scenes i started writing like so after kind of having just like, oh, I need a change in life and and after auditioning and I'm depressed, you know, (laughs) I um, thought I'll just start writing some of the funny scenes of my experience. And so I kind of, it was pretty just comedy kind of superficial fun stuff of like the behind the scenes world of the reality show. And then I really like kind of, got the bug to make this something real. Actually, my friend, Jake Wilson, who is a great writer and director, and he really helped me form this script in the beginning. So I want to give him total props for he's that. He's amazing. He, he's amazing. And he invited me to be in his movie called, you must be joking. <laughs> yeah. I I went on I went on set and I was like, oh my gosh, I just saw uh, Jake and Sass just like just killing it and doing such a good job. And it, it was so fun. And I was like, wait, I want to do this. This is what I have some scenes, you know, this is where I was in the process, I have some scenes. So I brought it to him and he just helped me as a mentor. Like, okay, you got to do this. You got to do that. So as it became a script, I always had the beginning and the end always. Mm. So I had this surprising ending you're, you're talking about. And I had the very beginning of this just catapulted into this quick change and, and all this <laughs> stuff. Because that was my experience on the show. I was trying to really pull from like moments I had on the show. And there was a moment on the reality show where they were like, there's no time for, we're not going to commercial. And they had, re- you know, there's no reversing a costume change. Because mm-hmm. we don't know who's going to have to sing and who's going to be in the bottom and all that stuff. So I remember like getting, like singing, let's hear it for the boy without a bra and no shoes, like not knowing what's going on. And then like getting my comments with my arms crossed to, Cross my chest wondering what popped out. So I had those that beginning of the movie in the end and through like writing and rewriting and writing and rewriting and writing and Jake and we did read throughs and just, we did so much just to really form the story. And I learned a lot. And then I really realized it was not some people think when they see it, it's going to be some bash towards reality television. Mm -hmm. and It's not in my opinion, it's really about this one person's journey of rejection and how she actually finds her true win by having to deal with everything that comes with the rejection. Mm -hmm. So it became weirdly personal. And I had to really, you know, dive deeper as you do. And then I had to really justify every character. So I used to have a ton of characters. And that was something Jake helped me. He's like, you got to, we got to put these four people into one. And that was hard. But then as our director, Marlo Hunter came on board, she, again, just chiseled and chiseled and we had to justify everything and then i was writing some scenes up until we started like on set while we before we'd shoot i'd be like okay can you actually say this line instead of that one and then we actually did reshoots and we added stuff and i had to rewrite then so the writing has Like I even when we finished the film, this is going to be crazy. I hope this is inspiration for people. Or like, (laughs) write a script. I was like cleaning out some stuff and I came across the script and I was like, oh my gosh! And started reading. I'm like, oh my god, this is so bad. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you just constantly you're going and you know in your head about it, but. That's a really long answer to tell you it, it took me a long
0: time. <laughs> I love that you got into the process too, because I think, you know, you obviously wore a lot of hats with this mm-hmm. and it did feel deeply personal. I mean, the character's name is Kay Montgomery, mm-hmm. right? So that's, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's some similarities
1: there. Yeah. I had to
0: ask how much of the character's personal life, like the family life was, was based in reality.
1: So my father is not, gone. He's, okay. you know, my, my. Fam- I actually originally wrote a very leave it to beaver sweet family that just don't get it. And Kay was kind of a disgrunt- disgruntled one. But then I shifted that and needed to have Kay have a real loss that she hasn't faced in her life. Um, and also needed to draw on some people in my own life where there'd be a reason that she hasn't been to her hometown and been to her home in a while. Mm. So I would say that the character of my mom, who's played by the unbelievable Connie Ray, love um, is actually a few people in my life. In one, she's you know she's she's a couple different moms I know of friends and showbiz growing up, but. Yeah, I, I think maybe that's as far as I should go on it. That's right okay. Now. Well, I, I love think, it. I I love think it. what
0: perhaps what Dylan is, is suggesting is I, I think some of those scenes, and also the script was really funny, by the way, but some of the scenes, like spef- specifically the one with Kay and her mom towards the end was so real when she's, mm-hmm. and I don't want to spoil anything, but I, I think you really touched on something with the mother-daughter relationship and every character did have mm-hmm. a little bit of darkness to them that you were kind of wondering more, you know, and i think you nailed it, it was so good because it because then they feel like real people yeah. you know they weren't just like these caricatures who come in to deliver one thing and whatnot so but we've got to talk about the of course we've got to talk about the the incredible cast you mean billy ray cyrus is in there brian bat like yeah did, were you just calling in favors i mean how do you we mentioned annalee ashford kiala settle who they've both been on our podcast before so we love them already but what what was the casting process like?
1: Oh my gosh! Well, honestly, every it was a miracle. Every having everyone be in the movie was a miracle. So yes, I have amazing friends that I just called upon and said, "Hey, we're doing this movie. This is what it is. Would you play this part?" And some people, like I really just when writing it, like. Mary Birdsong, for example, I did Tales of the City with her and she's oh, really? just my hero. She's so funny. Definitely wanted her in the film. But anyway, so a lot of favors. Anna Lee is a great friend of mine and we were hanging out. We each had a, had our one-year-old sons and we were doing a play date. And I was like, yeah, we're going to produce this movie. It's finally this spot. She's like, Hey, do you have like a, a role that's like your sister? You want to do that? I'm like, uh, yeah. And uh, But I've always wanted Annalie and I to work together. I mean, I wanted her to be a part of the film somehow. I, at the time, I was like, she's probably too busy. She's like a Tony Award winner, you know. <laughs> but in true form of Annalie and how awesome she is, she just was like, no, let's do it. Let's have fun. Let's do it. And, you know, Kayla and I have the hands on a hard body. So a lot of favors. But some of the big, like some of these really miraculous stories are like Billy Ray Cyrus, for example. So, which I am still an off. So we were already filming. And I know, you know, in like film, you could cast the day before we shoot the scene. And it's that quick. And it's really nerve wracking. So we were pretty much halfway through filming. We filmed for 15 days, the whole film, which is nuts. And we needed, we were about to go into the reality show scenes. So now we were on the stage and we needed our judges and we were auditioning actors because we were trying to get certain names to play themselves and have that have that going on, and we just couldn't get it, you know, figured out all that stuff. So, and by the way, I'm in the film, so I'm like in costume, talking, <laughs> figuring all this out. And our first ad runs up to us, and she's, to my husband and I, who produced the movie together, and she's like, she's like, you guys, Billy Ray Cyrus has a script. He's interested. He can get here tomorrow. And we were like, or it was like in two days, in two days. <laughs> and we're like, wait, 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 Billy Ray Cyrus? Like, are you absolutely kidding me? She's like, yeah, he, I think he likes the script. So we film a couple scenes. Like an hour goes by, and she's like, okay. He, he said, yes, he's coming in. We just, he has a concert in Toronto. We got to make it quick, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, wait a minute, hold on. So Billy Ray Cyrus comes like two days later or however many days later. And um, he tells this story about how he had kind of like an interesting experience where I think he was in a plane that was really scary. Something happened in the plane, like, you know, turbulence, it was really scary. Mm-hmm. And I had this moment of like, I'm going to, whatever happens in my life, I'm going to say yes to things or I'm going to say no. This is in all the EPK footage. He talks about this. And he says, so your script came on my desk like the next day. And I just was like, yes.
0: Oh my God.
1: (laughs) A miracle. And then he showed up and he was also so generous as a person. He, he changed the atmosphere of just like, he's just a star and a, and a, and a warm presence for sure. And then, um, I don't know, juvenile, if you guys are rap fans. That was a big one for me. For me being the oldie that I am and like, you know, rap and that was so we were we were working on the music in New Orleans. So this is all we all filmed this in New Orleans. Okay. And New Orleans of course has a big music scene and we were we were working on we were recording some of the music for the film and we're like, hell, we still don't have for this, for Kayala song, the beanbop remix. We, I wanted someone to rap and I wanted it to be the judge. And, you know, we were thinking of how we could get all these different people. And, and Jay Weigel, who was one of the producers, music producers, is like, well, I know Juvenile. Do you want me to call it Juvenile? It's like Juvenile, like the Juvenile. He's like, yeah. So skip to me like a new, like I just was such a nerd. Jay calls me and he's like, I was on my, front porch in like some maternity dress. And he's like, hey, uh I got Juvie on three way, uh, can you, you know, put him in? I was like, oh my God, yeah. So I tell Juvie about this story I've written. I'm trying to sound really cool and not like a big nerd. And um he's like, Yeah, I, I feel that way too. I know those I know those rejection stories, you know, when they told me, you know, I was to do it one way in my career and I did the other way. It was, you know, I had it made and I needed to do it. And so so he wrote that section of bing bop remix he came on set he did it so there's like i mean they're just miracle after miracle you know, brian bat who's Ugh. so good i'm sorry i'm gonna just have to celebrate everybody in this. yes show. no
0: this is amazing
1: he's here in new orleans and he is okay. like loved by everybody in new orleans of course and he's so good and we just called him up we're like we know you're here would you you know play this part and he's like sure great because everyone just was game and like it was great to do it and had a good time and so Ugh. it was awesome Lots of, there's so many people to go through. I, I could go through the whole cast. Well, you know? it was I know. it
0: really it showed on screen. Everybody turned out a great performance, and it meshed well together. Are you are you proud of the final product?
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, there's. You know, something I learned in making the film is that there's always going to be things that you see or like people are going to say, oh, you should have done it like that. Or why did you add that? Or why didn't you cut that? Or, you know, some people like really love it. And we win awards and get best of fest, And other people are like, I would have given it one more round of writing, you know, and that mm-hmm. is just like, that's just part of how it is. It's just mm-hmm. the nature of it. And honestly, that was something really good for me to get healthy with, you know, sure. that I think we, like even in theater, like, we just, and when things are so live, you want like perfect performances and you want perfect talent and perfect gifts and you want to execute everything perfectly. And it was kind of, it's kind of great to put something out that, you know, not everyone may like and other people may love and, and that, but I can say that we exhausted all option to tell the best story with what we had. And I, I do feel really um, proud of it. Yeah
0: you should i mean it's amazing i can't wait to show you know my parents and people like that like i it's definitely something that i think i want heartwarming content i want nice i mean we just saw coda win best picture like this is the kind of i know i want to see that you know i want to watch these types of projects and of course it doesn't hurt that there's amazing music in it as well
1: written by the awesome Garrett gregor and selda sahin by the way
0: i was gonna ask i was gonna ask because i wasn't sure if you were a writer for music as well but
1: no, I wasn't, but they, because they write for musical theater and they write for pop and country and everything, they just were able to they had the mind of like, we need to write this for the story, you know? So they worked with, with me just, I would say, Hey, this is what's happening in the scene. This is every song had to move the story along like a musical. And so they instantly knew that and, and just nailed it. They're so good.
0: Oh my God. You know, what I was just thinking about, I'm very excited for your kids to watch this one day. <laughs> you know, like it's going to be really fun. Yeah.
1: Thank you. I hope, you know, my oldest one who's five, you know, is, has seen it, you know, a few times. And it's interesting because when they do like tune into a scene, you're like, Oh, okay. Well, if my five-year-old thinks that's, if he's like watching this, then we got <laughs> <laughs> We're, we're a little tired of being like, we know we've heard that song, mom, you know, it's like, it's kind of like the health of children It's like, God, mom, <laughs> I want to watch my show. Like,
0: kind
1: of yeah, one day, one day.
0: And where can everyone watch <laughs> it?
1: Amazon, Apple. I think the best is if you go to movie. you'll see the, the buttons you can click to, to watch, watch the film, but it'll, it'll be in more, you know, digitally it'll continue on and you'll be able to find it even more. So yeah, go to americanreject.movie, or of course we're on Instagram. Love
0: it. Yes. Everyone should, everyone should give it a follow too, because there's there's great clips and content that are being put out on there as well. Before we move on to like our, our final saying goodbye segment, I do want to ask about your experience of doing hands on a hard body. One of those yeah. gems of a musical. And of course, Connie Ray was involved in that too. Yes, right?
1: She was. That's how we met. Well, where do I start? It's such a good show. I know I'm biased because I was in it, but I think when you work on something for so long too, you just really are attached to it. And um, sure. just a great team. Yeah, it was awesome. We did it in La Jolla, and then it was short-lived on Broadway. But, but I think it was a real—I think it was a real American story about people and their needs and their stories. And um, you know, I think some of these stories that just share a community but show share the differences within one small community are really powerful. And it was awesome. I remember like Trey Anastasio from Fish. He like thumbs up me in my my audition. Like he was just oh. like, so <laughs> joyful, and I was like. I said a thumbs up and, Yeah, Connie Ray was so good in that. And um, I remember, I don't know if you guys ever watched The Torkelsons. That was a big, she was a big Mm -mm. sitcom star when I was little. Sorry, Connie. And on our first day of our first, you know, table read, I walked in and I was like, I know this woman. It'd be like walking in on, like, what did you watch growing up? Like, what was your, like, show? Oh,
0: I mean, Boy Meets World, you know, everything on Disney Channel. It'd be like
1: Topanga's at the table read. And you're like, wait, I know who that is. And then all of a sudden it was the veil lifted. I'm like, torkelson and so poor connie i had to introduce her as mrs torkelson for like five years of our friendship until i got the hint not to do that but i'm like, obsessed uh,
0: with you calling out Topanga, <laughs> like danielle fishel right was that her real name
1: yes. Yes. yeah i think, I think
0: so. so yeah yeah,
1: yeah. 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 that's okay right. oh my gosh you not? the best name ever too. so yeah connie ray is so good and i have to give her props in our movie she's just like so deep. And I wanted to answer, if you don't mind, that question about that scene, because Connie really contributed oh, yeah. to that. She's just she really contributed to making that scene real because I wanted to sh- share this idea of and just this idea of like here. I think I am really cool being in New York. And like I used to always come home from hitting the pavement. I go home to Portland, Oregon, where I'm from and and like kind of poo poo on like the ordinary person. I'm totally calling myself out being big by the way. And I remember having this reflection about my mom. Like here I am thinking I'm really cool. Like what in like kitten heels in Midtown trying to audition. Like I have have some big life and here my mom is at home, like raising a family, like has been through a huge life, keeping like having a great marriage, raising children, doing things she loves and she's happy. And that was like a, a clicker for me about the film. And Connie really helped me Form the idea in the in the scene of like here the character of Kay thinks she's so great and she's the one that like get a grip lady you know and and the and mm. anyway, so Connie really came in and like because we're friends, we were able to have some like deep discussions about that relationship and and she was a big contributor to that
0: you're a girl's girl, Kathleen, you're so supportive of all your friends and <laughs> collaborators it really is. You're real, you're a real one. Oh,
1: thank you. I hope so. If <laughs> I feel like that that's what life is. At the end of the day. you like only have your friends and you only have you know mm-hmm. your relationships, so everything else is just stuff, I guess,
0: yeah, no, so true. everyone's gonna watch the movie. Do you have any other ideas tinkering around in your head for other films or projects like that? Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course I do okay. um, Well, I realize I do love writing music movies because of clearly mm-hmm. the old Broadway, Miss Saigon in my bedroom, yes. you know, moment. And because my husband and I can produce now, we've kind of figured out how to do a, we call it like an indie on steroids. You know, we figured out how to make a music movie without having to like, you know, we can do it ourselves, mm-hmm. which is awesome. You, not ourselves. We have a huge team and everyone else does a thing, but we can we can make it happen. So right. I do right. have a movie I'm writing that's a country music movie. I love country Fine.
0: music.
1: Um about three best friends who grow up at a trailer park together and then they become America's hottest country trio. But it's I also have a series I'm writing that's very much for Broadway called Daydream Daisy. And again, it's takes my problems and puts it on the page, but about this girl who pretty much daydreams in her life to the fact, to the point that she just doesn't live in reality and her whole real life starts crumbling. Mm. Um, What her daydreams are, are all these iconic Broadway moments with these iconic Broadway stars. So it's kind of like she can never kick this daydream thing about her. So it's a bit of crazy ex-girlfriend and um, meets midnight Paris. She goes back in time in her brain until she uses that superpower to to save herself and save her life
0: oh my god Love I um, you know,
1: everything's very music oriented and yeah i just i love i realize i like writing fun stuff like mm-hmm. i i think in writing this i've been trying to like prove myself as this person that really knows characters and i you know and i was like oh no i like writing characters that we want to hang out with and that we like and that are fun and that we know.
0: yeah you know
1: that we can we like, I, I know that lady from my town or whatever it is. So right. I think I have the most fun doing that. So yeah, uh, I have fun stuff coming. I hope.
0: Well, you have fans in us. And honestly, I think there's a gap in the market for a lot of the the concepts that you're talking about. You know, we don't have a ton of musical content, let alone Broadway content out there. So Right. I will be tuning in, of course, and you'll have to come back on and chat all about it. Before we go, we do like to talk about something we call a dose of drama. It's the titular segment where we can rant about something brave about something, share maybe a show we've seen or something we're binging or reading or anything like that. Connor, do you want to kick it off with anything that you have to chat about? I do because last week or wait two weeks ago what's time but I saw our friend Ben Moss do this show through Ars Nova at the Greenwich House Theater I think that's what it's called Greenwich Greenwich House Theater it's where Sweeney Todd was playing on Barrow Street you know oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's called Oratorio for Living Things and it was absolutely mm-hmm. amazing one of my favorite original theater pieces that I've seen since oh. you know theater in-person theater has come back I cannot recommend it enough and it just got extended through mid-May and there are tickets starting at like 35 bucks so highly recommend you go d- go in cold and experience it because it's one of the most original things i've ever seen shout out to ben nice. i love it i love it if you're in new york if you're in new york um i'm gonna go with my dose of drama on you know like these streaming services like netflix for example or other places they have like a rotating content block so like sometimes things will leave or come back something i like to do is be like what's leaving you know, March 31st or April 31st. And I'll make sure I like watch those. It's a great way of like putting things into your queue that you might've forgotten or you've always wanted to watch or sort of puts the pressure on something. So I've been making my way through some some Brad Pitt 90s films. I just watched A uh, River Runs Through It and I watched uh, Interview with a Vampire, like just fun stuff like that that I've always wanted to watch but just had never gotten around to it. So I highly recommend just checking out those lists and, you know, switching up your your media diet.
1: Nice. Yeah. Kathleen, nice. do you have a dose of
0: drama in any sense
1: of Not the word? My turn. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Again, I knew you were going to ask me this. I'm like, what do I do all day? And What am I in? <laughs> Can I share anything?
0: No, Kathleen, that's literally us. Dylan and I are always like, okay, we're going <laughs> to record a podcast. And we always chat at the start. And Dylan and I go... Well, we don't do anything or have lives. So what, what can we possibly have to say on this, this platform? Like, <laughs> we have nothing to say. <laughs>
1: totally. And all I do online is, like, Google things I need. Like, how do you wipe poop from your, you know, like, that's pretty much all I'm doing these days. <laughs> I have to say, this is going to totally be Nerdball Central. My new thing is uh, I get on Create Academy. Do you know Create Academy? No. It's like Master Class, but they're British, and there's something about a British accent telling you how to make a soup that you really get into. If someone that it's American telling you that, I'm like, I oh, know, I get it. Okay, chicken broth, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but because she like really takes the time and like you know, it talks about seeds and things like that. I'm like, oh yeah, I gotta make soup. You know, wow. wow. So I I I watch two back to back and this is so lame of me at the end of the night. I lay there and relax my brain by just walk, going between the cooking and the interior design. And it's called Create Academy and you can pick your classes. And I would just suggest for anyone who's just I love it. needs a little inspiration to go ahead and, and check that out.
0: Well, you're speaking to Anglophiles. So, Connor and I love all things British. So, you'll absolutely nope. yeah, you converted like, us. Now, there's so. nothing more soothing than the Great British Baking Show, right? So, this sounds amazing. Mm-hmm.
1: It's like that. It's like that. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh wait, maybe I want to live in London. Maybe yeah. I need... yeah. And then they like certain things, like you know, interior design. They want ruffles on things, and you're like, mm-hmm. I need ruffles on my pillows. You know,
0: <laughs> so yeah. Well, well, Kathleen, Kathleen it was so, so nice to meet you and chat with you about your that. career and your projects.
1: Well, thank you. Congratulations on this podcast. This is just so great. You guys are oh, just so you. great. <laughs> thank you.
0: You're so sweet. And everyone needs to go and watch American Reject and give you a follow on your socials. Dylan, can you read off the handles? Yes. You're just on Instagram, right?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. You're K Montleon. It's K-M-O-N-T-L-E-O-N.
1: Yeah, see, that's I signed up for Instagram like way back in the day when you didn't put your real name.
0: Mm-hmm. So and we're just missing right. an A. So yeah. in
1: my H. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> how, how things
0: have changed. You know, back in the day, it was like you made usernames that were fun, and now it's all about personal branding, and mm-hmm. everyone acts like a celebrity on there because we are all all our public personas online now. So it's really wild how it's changed. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. So I'm just back in 19, whatever that they started <laughs> social media. And yeah. I just have a weird name on there.
0: We need to bring back fun names. Yes. Kevin, you're amazing and funny. And I look forward to all the other things that are coming down the pipeline. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me. Really. Of course.
0: And Connor, I guess I'll see you next time. Drama. Drama.